Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. We know that God has more. Whatever uh, your relationship with God is right now, I want you to know something. God has more. There's more for you. Um, and so that's what I really, there's more for our church. There's more for our church. There's more for our church. Amen. I know God's been good and we've gotten a lot of things that are happening and God's blessing people and all of that. But there are more that God has for our church to do. And so it's not going to happen until we first start desiring more and wanting to go after God. It just won't. We're either going to hear about miracles or we're going to be a part of the miracle. Uh, we're either going to hear about people getting breakthroughs and getting blessed and getting victory, or we're just going to, or we're going to watch them, or we can be a part. I want our church to be a part. I want everybody here and everybody watching online to be a part of what God has for you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, today I'm going to talk about living without limits, because I believe we limit God, and I'm going to show you how that is in the Scripture. And even though we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to stir your faith today and talk a little bit about faith, because everything we receive from God is going to come through faith. So I got a video that I want to show you, and this is uh, from one of our Assembly of God churches in Missouri that is experiencing documented miracles, uh, especially with their young people and college students, and God is just turning that region upside down. I believe we're on the verge of another awakening or a miracle that can happen right out of Springfield, Missouri, out of Missouri. Can miracle come to Missouri? Amen. Yes, it can. And so uh, I can show one of these every week, but I want to show you this one. Uh, of this uh, young lady in the church where God healed her. Uh, it's a documented miracle, and I just want you to hear it. It's going to stir your faith. So, won't you turn your attention to the screen and uh, just watch this? Let's give it up for Tammy Parsley. For those of you who are new, uh, Kurt and Tammy are longtime staff members at the church. Uh, they started attending when we were meeting in the roller rink. So uh, they were just getting ready to move to town. And uh, Kurt is our chief operations officer. Tammy has overseen the early childhood program, both Wednesday and Sunday, and preschool academy, and data entry, and da-da-da-da-da, lots of things. So uh, she's a go-getter. But a uh, few years back, she and Kurt were doing something and it became obvious something was wrong with her physically. Just tell us a little bit about that. So three years ago, uh, we were moving our couch. We had our carpets cleaned, and so we got up early. I'm like, Kurt, can you help me move this couch? And she's like, yeah, do you want to do it now? I'm like, yeah, let's move the couch. And so I was lifting the couch. He lifted his side. And after I lifted it and stood, um, stood up, we heard three bones break in my back. And I just dropped to the floor. I was in excruciating pain after lifting that couch. So you go to the doctors and the doctors x-ray you and, and confirm the breaks and, and what do they tell you? So they diagnosed me with severe osteoporosis. Like at the time I had, they were like, you have the bones of like an 85 year old. Where all did you go to have this looked into? Because they couldn't figure out the cause. Right, they didn't know what was causing it. So I went to Mayo Clinic. I uh, did a battery of tests, tons of scans. Like, we can confirm that you have osteoporosis, but we, we don't know why. I also went to Cooper Clinic, a bone specialist in Dallas. Uh, so we kind And you went to several, you went to both naturopaths, you went all over the place trying diets, trying different remedies, all of that. And then what happens is getting worse, right? 
Yeah, we, we, actually a year ago uh, this week, I had gotten another bone scan and I was just devastated because my bones had deteriorated even more. I'm like, okay, now I have a bones of like a 95 year old? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine there's a lot of things you weren't allowed to do and you, they're very active. They've got five kids. And uh, so what, what did they tell you not to do? So they told me, be careful how my posture, like bending over, I could break a bone. They said I could walk, just don't fall. I couldn't ride a bike. I couldn't go on a boat because they said the boat, being on a boat, if we hit a wave, it could break my bones. Um, my, bo- my ribs were popping out. They didn't know why. You didn't take any medication like Boniva or any of that? Correct. We had just prayed about it and didn't have a piece about going that route. And that wouldn't have cured the problem anyway, correct? Correct. Correct. So um, all of these things are happening in, in Tammy. And then about a month ago in our staff chapel, there was a prophetic word that God was going to heal her. Uh, at the time, you didn't feel anything. But talk just a little bit about that journey, how you processed just healing in this season where so many are getting healed and then tell us about the moment you feel like God really touched you. So the staff was praying for me and and every time I would come forward or get prayed for I would feel God touch me but still have the same issue and so when the staff gathered around me and prayed for me it was just a powerful prayer. I didn't feel different like I didn't feel that you know how people explain like the warmness or or anything and so the next day I was actually visiting with Pastor Debbie and she's like are you discouraged and I start crying I'm like yeah I mean I know God can heal me and I know he has me on this journey and I've told God from the beginning I'm like God I hate this journey that you have me on but as long as you're with me I can I can do this journey and and he also gave me the scripture verse in Isaiah that says he that waiteth on the Lord will renew their strength and so that, okay, God, you're just renewing my strength and my faith. And then on Vision Sunday, when the powerful testimonies that were shared, you could, I'm like, God, you healed them. That same healing is for me, although the enemy wants to speak that into your ear of that's not for you. You know, you're not going to get it. But I'm like, no, I know I'm going to get it. God just spoke to me on, you know what, just pray for other people, pray healing over other people. And on that Sunday, pastor asked people to come to the, you know, to the aisles. And I was praying for people and just felt like the power of God, like I've never, ever felt before. This week, you guys go to a clinic that is renowned for diagnosing things. Um, Tell us about going to the clinic and you're getting ready to have the scan. And the doctor actually says, he sees your records and he's like, I'm going to actually sit in there and watch the scan. Tell us what happened. So, um, you know, I was anxious going to the doctor and we prayed in the car and I just kept reading scripture verse and rattle that, love that worship song about dry bones in the name of the Lord. And so (laughs) we get in there and he goes, you know, he, I sat with him about 30 minutes going over my records and he's like, I'm going to go in the scan with you and get this done. And the technician was in there. And and when I laid on the table for them to start the scan, just a piece of God just so overcame me that I wasn't anxious at all. And when he was starting to read it and they put in all the calculations and they hit the scanner and the computer has to read everything and generate. And he read the first um, spine scan and he's like, "Uh, no osteoporosis. And I'm laying on the table like, what? (laughs) What, what, what? (laughs) And they did six scans, zero osteoporosis. Wow. What did he say to you? So 
I told the doctor, I told the doctor, hey, um, can I video you saying zero osteoporosis? And he's like, yeah, but you know, I need to study this more because I can't explain it. I'm like, I can. <laughs> I'm like, God has healed my bones. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Lord, we praise you. You're a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, watch this. Well, you guys celebrated. You did something really crazy. We got a picture here. Tell us about it. So later that day, we were driving back, and there was this mile-long roller coaster. <laughs> and Debbie said, how are you going to celebrate? I'm like, we're going to go on a roller coaster. And I have to tell you, when you go get your tickets, they have like this big warning sign. Like, if you have back issues, bone issues, do not go on it. And I'm like, no, God, I'm going to go on it because you've healed me. <laughs> Come on, give him some glory today. Can we celebrate with her today? We praise you. We may not know her, but we know this is the same God. We serve the same God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I love John Lindell and what God is doing there. Uh, God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Go over with me to Mark chapter uh, 6. I want to show you a couple things, and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to pray, and I believe that we're going to see God do some wonderful things in people's lives today as well. But I want to talk about a couple of things when it comes to how we limit God that we find here in this story in Mark chapter 6, where Jesus returns to his hometown. Uh, I've read this several times. I never really preached on it before, and it's just something that God has brought to my attention. I want to share it with you. In Mark chapter 6, he goes back, Jesus goes back to his own time. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word today. And uh, in chapter 6 of Mark, the Lord, he goes back in verse 2, And when it was the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, like he always did in every city. Many hearing him were astonished at his teaching, saying, Where did this guy even come from with these mighty words? Verse 3, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at Jesus. They were offended. The word offended there is like they were trapped. They were stuck. They wanted to believe, but they were stuck. They couldn't, couldn't get past something about him. It's like sticking stick, uh, a stick in spokes when you're a kid. You ever do that? You shouldn't do that. We did it. And no matter what, you just stop. This is the same imagery of this scripture. Someone put a stick in their spokes. Jesus is coming, he's teaching, he's doing miracles all over Galilee, but he comes at his hometown and they get stuck. You ever get stuck, try to believe. You heard the, the witness today and the testimony and you want to believe, but something in you has got you stuck. So they were offended at Jesus. So Jesus was amazed. In verse 4, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives. And in his own house. Now, we've all experienced a little bit of this, haven't we? You get some respect at work or at school, but you go home and, or you get around your brothers and sisters, and they're like, who's this guy I think he is? I don't care how much money he, he makes at work. He's still my little brother. And they get you in the headlock, or they try to take a pot shot at you when you bring, you know, friends around. We all experience that on some level. But with Jesus, it went to another whole level. And then verse 5 is the most shocking verse in all the New Testament. Are you ready? And Jesus could do no mighty work there 
I want you to stop and listen. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's left in the Bible for a reason. He could not do many miracles, except he laid a hand on a few sick people. Have you ever tried to heal someone and it didn't work? This is Jesus. He don't need practice. But he could not do any works. Verse 6, he marveled because of their unbelief. And then he went about the villages in a circuit and he was teaching. He was teaching. We all like good teaching. Some of you come from churches that have very good teaching. But I want you to know there's more than good teaching. There's more than good teaching. But Jesus said, okay, you want to limit what I can do? We'll just do some teaching. I can teach. I'm here to raise the dead, open the blinded eyes, to heal the sick, and let them, let them walk. I, I, that's what I do. But I'm in a crowd of people that ain't on the same page with me, so I'm going to give you a little something about the Psalms. I want us to see ourselves in a word today. Have we become like the people of Nazareth in this post-COVID culture that we're living in today. Why I'm, why I'm saying this? Because I'm tired of seeing what the enemy is doing to our lives. When we got more power in our pinky finger than he does in the entire kingdom of darkness. But it won't happen until we pass through the limit and suit up with the whole armor of God and go after it. Jesus didn't beg him, please let me just preach a sermon on faith. He was like, okay. All right, let's teach. Hallelujah. Father, have your way today. We want to see signs and wonders. The book of Acts isn't over. This isn't a Pentecostal thing. This isn't a river of life thing. This isn't a Baptist uh, assembly of God, a Pentecost, whatever, Father. Or not. This is a Bible thing. This is a kingdom thing. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where sick people are healed. Where people struggling with addictions are free. That's what you want for us. And we want it too and we pray that we want it. I pray everybody here we get a hunger for more. For a hunger for more in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're hungry for the Lord and you know it, shout amen. <laughs> you may be seated. Amen. This is a mar. This is a, just a bizarre scripture, isn't it? Blows my mind. Miracles are already mysterious. They really are. We don't know why some people get healed and some don't. I don't know. I don't know why there's different methods throughout your Bible about healing. One man, Hezekiah, was healed through medicine. He put herbs and fig leaves on him, and God used that medicine to heal him. Other times, Jesus just spoke a word, and people were healed. Other times, Jesus had to lay hands on him. One guy he prayed twice for. Another guy, he spit in the dirt and stirred it up and put it on his eyes and said, go wash your face. And as he went and washed his face, as he washed his face, it didn't happen before, it didn't happen at the moment, but as he washed his face, then he was healed. One leper had leprosy all over him and Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as he went, he was healed. Jesus raised a little girl from the dead, but she was tired and weak. And Jesus said, give her something to eat. That always bothered my mind. Why didn't Jesus just raise her back with full of energy after she ate a big meal? There's something mysterious about miracles. I'm not going to say I have all the answers because I don't. 
There were some that didn't get healed. Paul had a companion that he said, I left him in Miletus sick, but I had to continue with the mission. And that's how we need to be sometimes with God. Is we pray, we believe, but whatever happens, that's up to God, but we must go on with the kingdom. So we don't understand all of these things, but we do find something in Scripture, and I wanted to talk about it for a few minutes today, and that is it is possible for us to limit God in our lives. There's a scripture in Psalm 78 that says, yes, the children of Israel, he's talking about here, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the God of the universe. You know, it's, it's amazing. You can limit the power and the working of God in your own life. We can limit God. That, that, that blows my mind. He can override it. Yes, he's sovereign, but he's, he's left our human will to decide for it. He's left that up to us. And we're told in Scripture that we can limit God, just like they did in Nazareth. There's a couple of things in the Scripture that, as I begin to reread it, the Lord began to show me of why they limited him. And I think this is sometimes our problem. Did you catch it? I'll go back to it. It's in verse 3. As Jesus came, look what they said. Here comes Jesus, the carpenter. The carpenter. The son of Mary. You wait for me to say son of God. No, they didn't say that. They said he's the son of Mary. Here he comes. His brothers and sisters are all here. So what are they doing? They're, they're limiting God based upon their own experience of God. You see, up until that point, they've never seen Jesus heal. Jesus just made furniture for him. Jesus just made, you know, tables and a coffee table. When he was 14, there was someone in, the, in Nazareth that was like, hey, I got a coffee table that you made for me when you were a teenager, man. It's really, really nice. And, but no, he's, he's talking about doing miracles and all of these things, but they, they limited him by simply looking at him as only what they've experienced him as. They've never seen him do a miracle. And, some, you know, he's, and when he was 30 is when he started his ministry. So there were people in his little home village that were sick and died, and Jesus didn't heal them. There's a lady up the street in Nazareth that had a little kid, I'm sure it happened, that died and Jesus didn't heal him. And so here he now comes and he says, I'm the healer. And here's the danger that we all get into. Are you ready? You need to write this down. You need to memorize and know this. Whenever we define God by our experiences alone, we limit God. Whenever we define God by our own experiences alone and not on what the Word of God says He can do. We limit God, good or bad. Peter did this. God said, Peter, I want you to reach out to the Gentiles. You only hang around with people that look like you, that talk like you and act like you. I want to put you in a place that's very uncomfortable to you. I want you to go to those pork chop eating Gentiles. And what did Peter say? Peter said, my experience has been, Lord... All of my life, I've never done that. I've never done that. And so God had to have this argument with him for three, three times to get him to say, hey, I want to bring you into more, but you won't let me bring you into more because only you're, you're limited by your experiences in life. There are some of you here who don't even know God. God to you is the one who didn't heal your grandmother, your mother. 
He's the one that didn't give you the job. He's the one that didn't do... Many people, I hear it all the time. And many people, because of their own experience, they limit God. And God is walking into this city ready to do miracles. And I believe He's wanting to do it in our life. But we limit God based on our own experiences. And it's time to say, let's not limit God on our experiences. Let's judge God according to His potential, according to the Word of God. I believe... I mean, we hate it when people do that to us, right? When they, when they uh, define us by just one moment of our life. We, we hate to do that. Thank you. We hate when people do that. Some of us have made some big mistakes. Some of you here, all of us have made some big mistakes. And what if somebody just defined you as your mistake? Here comes so-and-so. Yeah, they had an affair. That's an adulterer. Here comes the adulteress, so-and-so. Here comes that person, they had, they had an abortion, or they, they were an addict, and so we label them. We, we would say, that's, that's terrible. And some of you, unfortunately, have labeled yourself that. Thereby, you are limiting yourself from what God wants to do to you. Let me minister to you today. As the woman said, as she heard other people get healed, she heard, that's not going to happen to you. And some of you have heard the voice of the enemy limit you and try to define you. And I want you to know that, God, I don't care what you have done in your life. God said, I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. I still love you, and I want to do something great in your life. Some of us need to unlearn our limitations. I said, some of us need to unlearn what we've limited ourselves with. Some of you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, but you've limited yourself. Because your your Christian background, or whatever. Here it was Jesus was a carpenter, and no, he didn't heal everybody when he was a kid, but he, he is a carpenter. But he's more. Yeah, you might have an addiction, but there's more to you than that addiction. You might have made a mistake, but there's more to you than the mistake. And I'm here to tell you, no matter what God has done in your experiences, good or bad, there's more to God that he, you have experienced yet in your life. In fact, the very, <laughs> this is the very opposite of the definition of faith. If you think about it, it's the very opposite of the definition of faith, where we only define God by what we've experienced. Faith says it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. You guys know it. Here in Nazareth, they were like, hey, I'm limited. He's just a carpenter. And for us to get more, I'm just trying to challenge us today to want to get more. We got to break through these limits. We got to break through these limits. When you look at the Word of God, everybody in the Word of God that got a miracle, they were people that broke past their limits. They had tragedy all in the Bible, but they broke past their limits. David, when he lost his child, broke past his limits. Can you hear me and see me better? Lights just came on. Amen. No limits. Someone just had lights come on inside of you. Amen. At that moment right there. Amen. Thank you. God is looking for people that have the ability to believe in God no matter what they've experienced, good or bad. That's when real faith begins to work. Faith doesn't work when you see things happening. Faith works when you don't see anything happening. That's faith. That's faith. 
That's faith when you don't feel it. That's faith when you don't see it. That's faith when you don't hear it. That's faith when you walk those hospital hallways and you talk to doctors and the beeping of the machines and you're trying to hold on to a scripture first, but everything you are experiencing says it's not going to happen. That's when faith has to walk into the room and say, my God is greater than what I'm experiencing. My God is able. My God is greater. My God is able. Then faith walks into the room. I love what the Hebrew children are the classic example of this in your Bible. Remember them. They stood in front of the king and they said, they were getting ready to throw him into the fiery furnace. We know that story, but look how powerful it is. They said, we know God can deliver us. Experience. Everybody say experience. They said, I know God can deliver us. Based on our experience, we know God has delivered people before. He's delivered people. I know he can deliver us. And they were looking at him. But then he goes, they go to another whole level with their faith. And they said, even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still going to believe. God was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, there's no bribe. If I do this, you'll come to church. If I do this, you'll serve me. No, no, you, you're saying that even if I don't heal anyone else, I'm still the healer. You're, you're saying even if I don't deliver anybody else, I'm still the deliverer. You're saying that even if you don't see your miracle happen, I'm still the miracle working God. Wait a minute, I can get into that kind of a thing. And what happened? He didn't deliver them. He got in the furnace with them. And they knew him as not as a deliverer, but as the fourth man. As the fourth man. He's now the fourth man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They would have never had that new experience if they had just got too familiar with their own experiences. If Meshach would have been like, hey, Bendigo, we tried this before, but you know, it's just God's will. One of them said, I ain't settling for that. I know my God is able. And I'm not going to compromise and bow down to this thing. Whatever it may be. And if I die in this furnace, I'm going to die in faith. That's what they said. That's what they said. I'm trying to get us hungry for more today. I'm trying to get us for hungry for more today. I love in that video that lady said, I, I began to see other people get healed and I felt bad. And I know how that is. For years, I watched people do so many different things and ministering in life. And I was like, man, when is my day going to come? I remember every time I go on vacation, there was my little chair I sat at the house that we were at and sit back and look at the stars and have my pity party. You ever notice God never comes to those? <laughs> oh, God, I thought I was anointed. So-and-so said I was the greatest preacher he's ever heard. And I was a young man. And I got all the, God, I've done all this. You know, I got six people in my youth group, Lord. I'm delivering donuts and bread at 4.30 in the morning. I got my certificate, my license to preach at ministry. And all oh, this, God, and when's the day going to come? I'm tired of preaching and getting attacked by mosquitoes in the youth house and having critters run up and down the hallway there. I'm tired of this. Lord, when is the day when I'm going to be able to preach to a conference and, and do all of this kind of stuff? When is my time going to come? Thank God I didn't give up on the Lord. And the Lord said, well, you just ain't ready for it yet, Eddie. You just ain't ready for it yet. I want you to stretch your faith a little bit. I want you to see if you can still love me and still serve me even though you're not seeing your answers yet. I want to see if you're still going to study the word even though you don't have to preach. 
I want to see if you're still going to love young people even though your young people aren't serving the Lord. I want to see if you can pray for other people's families who they're bragging about their kids being on fire for God and, and all of this. I want to see if you can still do that. We sing those songs, right? Even when he's not working, he's working, you know. Even when I don't see that he's working. We love that song, but are we living that? The children, these people in the city of Nazareth weren't. They were like, Jesus, I ain't believing for no miracle. So he said, okay, I'm just going to give you a little teaching. I don't want to be a church that just has good teaching. Yeah, we got good teaching. We got good preaching, and I love good teaching. But I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, I want the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us and fill us and give us boldness and, and, and victory in our life. Where we're walking in the gifts of the Spirit. We're walking, having the fruits of the Spirit in our life. Every day, walking with God. That's what God wants for us. But we got to quit limiting God based on our experience only. Man, this is for somebody today. I want us to pray, but I'm going to go one more. Can you give me a few more minutes? Give me five more minutes. Somebody's going to give me five more minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> we got people in our church that need a miracle from God. We got an 11-year-old girl that needs a miracle from God. We got a man sitting right over there that needs a miracle from God. He's already a miracle. How many of you need a miracle? Those of you at home, you need a miracle. I'm telling you, God still does miracles. He still does miracles. They defined him by their own experiences and they limited God. The other thing I've seen in the scripture is that they got too familiar with Jesus. Now let's talk to the older Christians for a minute. And they had no honor for him. Write this down. No honor, no power. No honor, no power. They got too familiar with Jesus. Too familiar with the songs. Too familiar with the Christianity, this whole thing. This is another danger for us that I think we got to really watch, that we don't just get too familiar with uh, scriptures, too familiar with the songs. They got too familiar with Jesus. We knew all about Jesus. His brothers are here, and they got too familiar with Jesus, too familiar to where we don't honor him and fear him. This is what happens to a lot of Christian leaders, by the way. And we see and hear about Christian leaders fall. And they fall into sin and problems like that. Why? They quit honoring God. He's too familiar to them. Same old God. Same old routine. Same old this. And we get too close and we lose that. Moses is an example. Remember Moses. Moses had a staff and God used him with a staff to deliver the people of Israel. And he said, when they get thirsty, hit the rock with your staff and now have water come out. A miracle. But you know, over time, that got old. Do you know that over time is an amazing that God does for us? It gets old. Has the 37 square foot beautiful building gotten old to us yet? We were just having a staff meeting the other day and we started in the front room, but we realized we needed to have bigger room and I love the room. Me and Steve's walking through the church going, look at all the options we got. <laughs> Carrying the chalkboard when before everything was in the basement. 
But has it gotten old? Moses got tired of the staff. He got tired of serving on the same team, ministering to the same kids, wearing the same shirt, having the same prayer time, hitting the same button, having the same PowerPoint, listening to the same song, seeing Pastor Steve every week. So God said, Moses, I want to do something different in your life. Do you want to go more? I want you to speak to the rock. Speak to the rock and water's going to come out. I want to show Israel that there's more to me than this little, now a tradition. So you as the leader need to show my people that there's more to me than the way we used to do things back in 1975. I want you to show this generation that I'm the same God, but I changed my methods. And we can't worship the method, but we keep the message the same. A church that keeps and worships its methods ends up being a monarch. Loses its momentum. And God says, so I'm always moving. When they wanted to build the tabernacle, what did God say? I don't really want you to build me a house because I've never dwelt in the house. That's why I like you to be in a tent because I have you set up. We do church and then I say, you know what, let's move down the road. We're going to move you to a deeper level of faith. I want to feed you from, with food from heaven. He did and they complained. <laughs> but we do the same thing. Y'all remember the first time we got in the building? Remember the first time you came to church? You heard the song? First time you heard a, a message that inspired you and touched your heart? We were like, oh, it's the best church. I love you, God. I love my church. Hashtag wearing a shirt. Six months later, honey, we going to church today? Yeah, I heard they redone the stage, dear. Okay, let's go see. It looks different on person than it does in line line. That's what they did. They said, oh, Jesus is coming. But everybody was like, oh, I've heard, I've heard. He's Mary's son. Y'all know his sister and them, right? They're like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Moses, back to him, he gets in the situation, his opportunity to go deeper. Just like some of you right now are having an opportunity this Sunday morning. Mark, May 15th, whatever the day is, God is challenging us to believe for greater things and to go more. Here's our moment. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is what Moses did. Moses got up and he said, man, I'm tired of this. You rebels, you want some water? You can have it. And he hit the rock with a stick. Water came out. But God said, oh, you're going to go back to the old ways, huh? You're going to go back to the old ways after everything I've done for you. You're going to go back to your old ways when the pressure gets on. Look what he said to Moses. He said to Moses, and I believe it's in numbers in there, but the Lord said, Aaron, to him and Aaron, Aaron was his assistant, because you did not trust me enough to, what? To honor me as holy. Holy means separate. And you didn't treat me any different than you did all the other things. You don't honor me as anything holy and sacred. I'm just like your homeboy. And because you didn't honor me, look at that. You will not bring this community into the promised land, which I gave him. And he did. As great as Moses was, he never experienced the goodness and the promised land of God. Not because he had a drinking problem. Not because he had a gambling problem. Not because he was the biggest gossip in the camp. Not because he got crazy on Friday night. It's all because he didn't honor God with his life. 
when it really mattered at that time. When he said, I'm going to honor you, God. We get too familiar with the scriptures. I pray we don't get too familiar with Jesus. We don't get too familiar with God. We don't get too familiar with his anointing. He's too, too familiar with how good he's been. And it's so easy for us to do that. We do it with a new car. It looks so good. And a new car smells, wears away. And there we go. The whole back dash is filled with McDonald's and Taco Bell. When before you wouldn't let nobody in with your shoes. Hey, watch those shoes. Same thing with Jesus. I read the same Bible again. Hear the same stories. Hear the same this again. God is saying, man, when you do that, we limit what God wants to do in our life. We limit what God wants to do in our life. So how did he fix this problem? Right after Jesus, he sat there and he taught in Nazareth. He never left Galilee, which right where Nazareth was in the center of Galilee, but Jesus did something. In the next few verses, he called his disciples to himself and he said to them, in verse 7, he said he called them to himself and he gave them power over unclean spirits. He gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. And he commanded them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. And they did. And they healed many people. What did he do? He said, I got to get you from the familiar to the unfamiliar. I got to put you in a situation where you don't rely on your own money, when you don't rely on your own provision, you don't rely on your own ability. I got to get you into a situation where there ain't no other place to go but up. Then it's new again. So Jesus said, I want so bad these people to get healed and are not receiving it to me because I'm old hat. So I'm going to give you and I'm going to put you in a position where it's so uncomfortable and so unfamiliar to you that it's going to force your faith to believe in me. Look at everybody in the Bible. They got a miracle. It was unfamiliar. David killing a giant with a stick and a stone. Gideon defeating the Midianites with 300 people. Joshua, walking around a wall. Seven days and not saying a weird, or not saying a thing. That's weird. That's a no military strategy book anywhere. If you want to defeat the enemy, just circle around them and say nothing. But look what they did. Why did he do that? Stretching their faith. Stretching their faith. Stretching their faith. I wonder what God is wanting to stretch in our lives today. We got to keep the honor of God. We got to do, do, you know, I do a lot of little things sometimes in my life to keep the honor of God because I don't want to be a leader that loses the honor of God. Jesus, you know, he's not my homeboy. He's the savior of the world. You know, he's, he's, so there, I, I honor him. I, I honor him in everything I do. I keep little standards in my life. It, it's not legalism to say we shouldn't watch certain things. We shouldn't listen to certain things. Why? We're honoring God with our bodies. We're honoring our heart. We're honoring God. He's got, we've got to have something in our life that, that is sacred. It's different than the secular. There has to be something. It's not legalism. It, it, it's to honor God. We talked about this after softball. I played softball yesterday. That's why I'm surprised. I'm under the anointing. That's why I'm moving. When this is over, I'm going to lay down. But after we played softball, we went out to eat. And I remember we were, we were praying, and I took my hat off. And one of the brothers said, I noticed you take your hat off when you pray. And, and we just got in this conversation. I said, yeah, it's just a way that I honor God. It's not really a chapter or a verse. And I'm not saying you're going to go to hell if you've got a hat on when you pray. I do that to honor God. 
I, I just, uh, if I got cash in my pocket and I'm going to give an offering, you know what is weird? You know, I'll look at the crispiest dollar bill I have or whatever it is and I give that to God. I know that that is weird, but I, these are just little things that, that I, we do to honor God. When I read the word, I pray first. I honor God. I these are, these are ways that we honor God. I know we got drinks in the sanctuary, and that's totally cool. I don't have a problem with that. But when I go to worship, I like to put mine down and put both hands up. Because I'm, I'm honoring, I'm worshiping the God of the universe. And I don't want him to become like the same old rock that I just hit with a stick. I don't know what it is for you, but we've got to get to the place where God stretches us. We, we put new standards and things in our life where we keep the newness and the freshness of God in our life so we can believe that there's more. Uh, some of you, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You go so far. I'll close with this. I remember at our men's conference, that brother had such a powerful word on that Friday night. Man, this guy was preaching. Had these dudes coming out of the ceilings on ropes and had a ninja bike on, a, on the stage and they were doing donuts and fight scenes. I mean, it was a men's conference that started like with, whoa, literally like Mission Impossible. But when this brother got up to preach, he brought it. And I love his shoes. He was a sneakerhead. He's a Nike guy, but anyway, still love him. He's from New York. And the brother just preached about what is it costing you to be a Christian? And he challenged us men. But I love the analogy. He was using so many of them. I'll just use this one because it fits with today. He says, some of you guys are, some of you are like the, the fixed mortgage rate Christian. He says, you got locked in eight years ago when you got saved. You got locked in 20 years ago when you got saved. You got locked in six months ago when you got saved. And you worship the still the same amount. You give the same amount. You read the same amount. You pray the same amount. And you just stop right there and you want God to bless you. Say amen or oh me. Amen or oh me. He said, God wants to do more in your life. I'm just taking that because I could go right with that. God wants to do more. We don't need to be a fixed Christian. We need to say, God, I'm open to more. I'm open to more. What else you want me to do? You want me to join the church? You want me to get involved in ministry? You want me to get filled with the Holy Spirit? You want me to witness to my coworker who's driving me crazy and they don't even know I've been a Christian for six months, eight months, two years, and if they die, they're going to go to hell. I don't want the blood to be on my hands, God. Stretch me. Do something different in me. Hallelujah. Jesus could do no miracles there because they limited because of their own experiences and because he came, he became too familiar. I don't want to get too familiar with the scriptures. I don't want to get too familiar with God. I know churches, you know, we come and do the same thing a lot of times but we try to change it up but really it's in the attitude of the heart how many are hungry for more do I got the right service to preach this in today am I at the right church how many want more of God than what you have right now in your life and that's and and don't feel pressured because you're here I mean this is something that you have to answer for yourself I'm just telling you to be real because you won't get more if you don't want more did you hear me? Jesus didn't beg him. He was like, okay. Those of you that want more, I just want you to stand up right now. Those of you that are at home, this is for you. You can stand up right at home. Say, I want more. I want more. I want more. 
I want more of you, God. Jesus. We got some people to pray for. Amen. This guy's already coming to the altar. Come on, you want more? Come out of your seat. Follow the hungry one. Follow the hungry one. This is how people get miracles. This is how people get miracles. They told Brian Bartimaeus, oh, be quiet. You got to be more reserved. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. Bible says he cried even louder and said, I'm not going to miss my more. Oh, I, want, I want more. And Jesus stopped. He stopped. Come on, altar team. Come on up. Help me pray. If you're not here already, we got some oil. We're going to anoint with oil if you need anointing with oil. If you need a healing, I want you to come. If you want more, if your faith is there, if you're at home and you want more and you want, you want to be healed or delivered, then this service could be for you and you can be healed right now. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.